If you have your Bibles tonight, give a honk. Yes. Come on. As we're moving over there, I want to lead you into a declaration we say every week at Victory. And this is our Victory Confession. And so if you're watching online right now, live, or you're listening to KXOJ, we love you, KX. Wherever you're watching or listening this to, I want you to repeat this after me together all over the world. Say, I'm here on purpose. Because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive. Because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life. Because Jesus lives in me. Yeah, you know what to do. Give it a honk. Yes. Come on. Well, I want to just say this right now, that we love all those who serve our city, the policemen, the sheriff's team, our firefighters, all those IMSA first responders, all those who are working in the hospitals, the nursing homes, our mayor, our mayor's office, all those that work at downtown government. Yes. Come on. Yay. And I want to preach a message to you tonight, really just a message of hope. And I felt like right now what the world needs the most is hope. A message of hope in the midst of despair, victory over the virus. And so Romans 15 verse 13 says, may the God of all hope fill you with hope. What he's saying here is that God is not a God of death. He's not a God of discouragement. He's not a God of sickness. He's not a God of darkness. He's a God of hope. He's a God of hope. And he says, I want that God of hope to fill you with all hope. Now, hope comes when we put our trust in God. Hope comes when we stop leaning on our own understanding and begin leaning on his understanding. Uncertainty is the breeding ground for fear or faith. Right now our world is in very uncertain times. We don't know what tomorrow holds. It seems like every hour there's something new that's being announced. I wanna say hi to all of this side of the parking lot right here. Come on. I love you. Yes, thanks for coming tonight. All of you over here, we're so glad that you tuned in. Matt, let's try to pull it up to the very front to be able to see those over here. And let's go up a little higher. Let's go up a little higher. So uncertainty is the breeding ground where people begin to believe either faith-filled thoughts or fear-filled thoughts. The two most powerful words when it comes to fear or faith is what if. What if. What if I get sick? What if I get hurt? What if I fail? All of those what ifs drive us into fear. But at the same time, we get to decide what kind of what if questions we're going to believe. At the same time, we can choose to say, what if God provides for me? What if God protects me? What if God shows up? 
What if God causes this crazy idea to succeed? What if God leads me in the midst of this crisis and this virus into victory? It's time to start believing the faith-filled what-ifs. Uncertainty either produces fear or faith. But we get to choose the narrative. We get to choose what we're going to put our faith in. What we're going to believe. When my father passed away, I remember driving up to this church. In fact, I parked right about where I'm standing right now. And I looked up at the cross. And if you're, if you're able to see it, the cross is right here at the center. In fact, if our camera guys can turn the camera around, I want you to just show the cross to everyone who's watching online and on my Instagram right now. Because when I looked at that cross, I knew that God was powerful. I knew that he could do what I couldn't do. But at the same time, the uncertainty was stirring up fear. It was stirring up depression, discouragement. I didn't know what the future would look like. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, whether or not we were going to make it as a church. And I remember sitting in my car in this parking lot, looking at that cross, asking God, God, what will the future hold? God, what are you going to do in the midst of this crisis? Now that my father is gone, how are we going to get through this? And I remember God said, Paul, it's time to change the narrative in your mind. It's time to change the confession that's coming out of your mouth. It's time to stop speaking fear, and it's time to start speaking faith. It's time to stop thinking despair, and it's time to start thinking with faith. We get to choose where we put our thoughts, and we get to choose where we direct our words. In a time of uncertainty, the only certainty that we have is that God is not finished yet. God is not finished yet. He who started this work in you is going to be faithful to complete it in you. And in the midst of uncertainty, there's a desperation that begins to grow. We're seeing this all over the world. People are becoming desperate. And I'm reminded of stories in the Bible when people were desperate Desperation was the breeding ground for innovation. Desperation produced innovation. Think about the four guys who found one of their friends who was sick. He was paralyzed. And they brought him to Jesus in Mark chapter 2. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 2 that Jesus was preaching to a large crowd that had packed out an entire house. And these four friends... They're bringing their buddy on a stretcher and they're carrying him into the house, but there's no room in the house. They can't even get through the front door. But this is where desperation produces innovation. They began to think we could either stop here, we could settle in defeat, we could settle in a place of feeling stuck, or we could get creative. And that's what our church decided to do this week. We decided to get creative in the midst of a crisis. We decided to innovate in the midst of desperation. Come on, Jesus! Yeah! So those four friends, they decided 
to climb up on top of a roof. Now, who would get on a roof except for guys who had a decision that we're not going to give up? Just because other people are giving up doesn't mean that hope is going to give up. Just because other doors are closing doesn't mean the church doors are closing. Just because some things might seem shut down doesn't mean that God is shut down and doesn't mean that the miracle working power of Jesus is shut down. And so they decided to climb on that roof. And on that roof, they began to dig a hole. And it says they lowered their friend down from the roof into the house that was packed with people. And when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw your faith, when Jesus saw our faith, Jesus is looking for faith. The Bible says that the Son of Man will return again. And I'm telling you, we are so close to Jesus coming back again. He is coming back soon. He's coming back soon. You know it. The world is groaning right now. As in birth pains of giving birth to a child. The world is groaning. Romans chapter 8 says the world is groaning as we draw near and near to Jesus' return. And we're seeing this all over the world. There's earthquakes. There's all kinds of stuff going on. People are saying, what in the world is happening every hour, every day? But I'll tell you this. God is not surprised. God is on the throne. Jesus is coming back soon. And he's looking for Christians who will rise up with faith over fear, victory over the virus, compassion over selfishness, kindness. Yes! We are that church. You are that church. You are that church. When Jesus saw their faith, he looked at the man who was paralyzed as he was lowered down to the ground. And he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, why would Jesus say that instead of just heal the man? Because Jesus knew that before this man could have a physical healing, he needed to have a heart healing. He needed to have a mental healing. He needed to have an emotional healing. That man had probably been carrying all kinds of shame, all kinds of thoughts of discouragement, maybe even feeling ashamed for his sin. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The cure that the world needs most right now is a restored relationship with God. The cure that the world needs right now, more than the cure to sickness, is the cure to the sickness of our sin and shame and condemnation. And when we lift our eyes to Jesus and we find that restoration in His grace on the cross, I'm telling you, there's nothing better than having a clear conscience to know that I am forgiven and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That my relationship with God is restored. Yes! And he loves you, Tulsa. He loves you all over the world. Those of you that are watching, God loves you. And I got on this scissor lift. We came out on the roof tonight because I am passionate about this message. I am passionate about this message. I'm passionate about you. 
Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross for cancer. He went to the cross for coronavirus. He went to the cross for all of the pain and the crisis and the sin and the shame and the darkness. And nothing would stop Jesus from going to that cross. Nothing would stop him. God's looking for a church that is resilient, even in the midst of adversity. A church that perseveres with faith. And he's looking at you and he's saying, don't you quit. It's going to be worth it. Don't throw in the towel. Don't lose your hope. Don't cast away your confidence. God's not finished with your story yet. God's not finished with your family yet. God's not finished with your marriage yet. God's not finished with your finances yet. And God wants to do a miracle. He wants to do a miracle in your life. He loves you. He's with you. He's for you. He's on your side. God is not your problem. He's the answer to your problem. He's the answer to your problem. When Jesus said this to the man, all of a sudden there was a spread of rumors in the house. There was Pharisees in there who questioned Jesus' authority. And they said, how dare you say that this man's sins are forgiven? Who gives you authority to do that? And Jesus spoke straight to the Pharisees. He said, first off, Jesus knew who he was in, in, as the son of God. He knew that he had the power to forgive the man's sins. But he said, I want you to know that whether I say get up and walk or your sins are forgiven, the power of God supersedes what man can do. Jesus knew he had power that the Pharisees didn't have. And Jesus was going to use the foolish things of the world, the disciples who were uneducated. They were, they were not the best speakers. They didn't graduate from the best schools. Jesus was going to use the disciples to bring the power of God. And the Pharisees didn't like that. And Jesus, after he reads their thoughts and says, listen, the Son of God has power not just to forgive sins, but to also heal sickness. In that moment, he says, young man, pick up your mat and walk. And immediately, that man picked up his mat and he, he walked and he leaped and he had a miracle in his body. And I believe right now, God wants to do miracles in this parking lot. Those that are watching online, come on. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12 says, be a prisoner of hope. Be a prisoner of hope. In, in any type of crisis you're in, choose to put your hope in the Lord. Don't put your hope in people. Don't put your hope in your circumstances. Don't put your hope in your career. Put your hope in the one who created the stars in the sky. The one who hung the moon over the sky. The one who caused the sun to set tonight and who brings the sun up tomorrow. He's faithful. The same God that raised Lazarus from the dead. The same God that gave a child to Abraham in his old age. The same God who blessed Hannah who was barren. The same God who brought Joseph from the pit to the palace. That same God, he's working for you. He's working in you. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. Way maker, miracle worker.
rocker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You know, I think about an old song that my mom taught me when I was a kid. And I see my mom sitting over here in front of the church, Pastor Sharon, the co-founding pastor of Victory, sitting out here, worshiping, praying over you tonight. Mom, we love you. She taught me an old song. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. God will make a way for me and he will be my guide. Draw me closer to his side. He works in ways we cannot see. God will make a way for me. God will make a way for you. Just like he made a way for Abraham. Just like he made a way for Isaac. You know, when Abraham died, Isaac had to discover the faith not connected to his dad, but the faith that he had to connect to God in his heart. When you go through tough times, you find out where your faith is at. And in that moment, Isaac decided to sow in the midst of a famine. Isaac had to go and dig some new wells. He couldn't just rely on his father's wells. You know, someone came up to me this week and they said, Paul, your dad never faced something just like this. Your dad faced a lot of adversity during his time, but this is different. This is something strange that our whole world is facing right now that we've never really faced before. All of the shutdowns, all of the, you know, can't gather in a large crowd, large room. And they said, just like God gave your dad a way where there seemed to be no way, God's going to give you, Paul, a way where there seems to be no way. And look what God's doing tonight. He's giving us a way where there seems to be no way. He's a way maker. He's faithful. He's good. He's a good God. We love you, Lord. Isn't it a miracle that on Sunday of this last week, we were able to minister to 66,000 people online that we never could have ministered to in a building? Not only does God make a way, God supersedes our expectations in the midst of desperation. God gives innovation that supersedes your expectation. Come on, God's going to use this crisis as an opportunity to catapult you into greater things in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Yes. Jesus asked his disciples when they were on a boat and it was so windy, it was so stormy outside and the disciples, they were screaming, they were frantic, they thought they were going to die and the boat was rocking back and forth. You find out if your hope is in a boat or if your hope is in the one who's on the boat with you. And in the midst of that storm, they woke up Jesus and they said, don't you care that we're dying don't you care that we're losing everything? We lost our food. We lost our cargo. This storm is knocking everything out. 
We're going to die. And Jesus woke up from his slumber. And he looked at the disciples. And he said, why are you afraid? And he looked at the wind and the waves. And he said, peace be still. It's time to speak to your heart tonight. And say, heart, be still. Be still and know that he is God. I know we're all going through all kinds of feelings right now. Even this morning, I was just waking up, waiting to find out what the next piece of news was going to be. But I just spoke over my heart the same scriptures that Jesus spoke when he was given the Sermon on the Mount. And he was high up on a mountain. He was preaching to a large group of people. And he said, do not worry about tomorrow. For your father knows what you need. And he will provide for you. Just like he takes care of the sparrows. So why should I worry? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely? I don't know the rest. When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. And his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. So I sing because I'm happy. And I sing because I'm free. And his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches, he watches me. And he watches you. Because he's got the whole world in his hands. 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 He's got the whole world. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Well, church. Right before I finish this sermon, let me just leave you with a few thoughts. In the Bible, there are 365 times that God says, fear not. Fear not. Put your hope in the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid about your finances. Don't be afraid about whether you'll have food tomorrow or toilet paper or groceries. And in fact, in the next 25 minutes, we're going to give all of you that we can... We have 500 boxes, so we will give 500 boxes of groceries away tonight to anyone who stays for the rest of this service. Come on, I'm going to ask you to just, yeah, come on, we're going to be generous tonight. I hear you, I hear you. I hear you. 
I want to encourage you right now. Don't, don't leave out yet. Don't drive off yet. Because what we're going to do here at the end, we're going to sing a few, few last songs. And we're going to give all of you groceries. Now, here's what I'm asking you to do with these groceries. Pray about someone that you can bless this week or next week that you know has either been laid off or has had a reduction in their salary or is sick or vulnerable or going through tough times. We want you to rise up with compassion and generosity and take these boxes of groceries because we want to give them to all of you tonight. Some of you really need them tonight. Some of you, you could bless somebody with these groceries because the goal is not just to be afraid about what's going to happen to you. The goal is to move from fear to faith. The goal is to move from a hoarder mindset to a generous mindset and say, who can I help during this time? Who can I bless during this time? Faith not only gets creative uh, with finding ways to overcome adversity, faith gets creative with compassion. Faith gets creative with generosity. And so I want to just encourage you, Matthew, if you could take me back over there. As we get ready to close out with this final last song and prayer, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes all over this parking lot. And maybe you're kind of like, some of the stories I was talking about in the Bible. Maybe you're like Abraham and Sarah. You've got a promise, a dream in your heart, and you're not sure whether or not it's going to happen. Joseph anchored his hope in God that his dream would come to pass. Sarah, the list goes on. Elizabeth, Mary, Peter, all the stories in the Bible. Maybe you're here tonight and you just feel discouraged or maybe you feel afraid or maybe you've just kind of lost hope. I want to encourage you right now, if you would, I'm going to ask all the cars, turn your lights off for a second. And if you're here tonight and you're saying, that's me, I need to get my hope back in God. I need prayer tonight. If that's you, I want you to just turn your lights on. Turn your lights on if you're saying, Pastor, I need to surrender. I need to lay some things down. I need God's help right now. I need to get my eyes back on God. Yeah, all over this parking lot. If you're here right now and you say, you know, pastor, I don't know if I'm right with God, but I want to get right with God. I need to surrender. This is a time to repent because Jesus is coming back soon. If you turn your lights on right now, just keep them on. And I'm going to ask our team pastors, volunteers, they're going to come by. If you need prayer for healing, they're going to come by your car. If you need healing tonight, go ahead and turn your lights on. If you need healing, if you're praying for a miracle, turn your lights on. And our team pastors and volunteers are going to come and pray for you right now in your car. And we're going to make sure we honor what the government's asked, what the health officials have asked, so we won't, you know, touch you. But we're going to come near your car, and we're just going to pray right beside your car. If you need healing or you want to pray this prayer, and I'm going to invite all of us, those that are watching online, pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I'm all yours. I repent of sin, and I receive your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead and I put my hope in you and I thank you that you are filling me with hope. You are the God of all hope and you're not finished yet. So Lord, I'm putting my hope in you. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we're going to celebrate. Come on. Yeah, we had church tonight in the parking lot.